All right, I will say good morning, good morning, and... Sorry? Perfect, okay. Oh, tremendous, tremendous, okay. Let's say good morning, good morning, welcome to Baruch Hashem. Baba Metziah, first of all, begin with a tremendous mazel tov to all the assignment for Baba Kamo. What, a, what an awesome and incredible and beautiful and holy accomplishment. Truly a, an overwhelming zuchos, Baruch Hashem, for all of us to be able to learn together, to be able to finish, oh, I'm just, just not, uh, to be able to finish together. A tremendous hashkoch again to all of those who were able to come to the siyum, to the people who planned the siyum, worked on the siyum, attended the siyum. It's truly beautiful, but even those who weren't able to attend or be part of the siyum, Baruch Hashem, the Iker, you know, really isn't a celebration. The Iker is the Avoda. And Baruch Hashem, we're all Zoha to do this Avoda together. And it is an incredible zochos to be able to continue this Avoda this morning. What a, what a way to end the week. What a way to go into Shabbos Kodesh. I will say, like, a lot of interesting things today, right? It's the beginning of a new secular month, which is meaningful in and of itself. New beginnings, new Aschalos. It's the end of something, the end of a week. But, of course, Friday, Erev Shabbos, although it's the end of the week, but it's also the beginning of Shabbos Kodesh. So we have the beginning of a new month. We have the beginning of Shabbos Kodesh, the Haschala of a new Masechta. All of these incredible beginnings kind of converging and coalescing in one place. Uh, an incredible, incredible Zuchos. I also want to thank Shmuel Artman brought the uh, uh, a thing of a receptacle of pens. The, the notebooks are just a little bit delayed. So Hashem will have the notebooks by, by Monday. But again, as we begin this Masechta, well, as I said, at the end of Baba Kama, it's really kidai to keep a notebook. So for the next couple of days, it might just have to be a piece of paper or the margins of your Gemara. I will say, but again, kind of once we know what happens, we come to a new Masechta, we come to a new Masechta, and a lot of times, you know, we say to ourselves, okay, this, this is my Masechta, right? This is the time that I'm not going to just be one of those like Dafiyomi Masechtas where like, show up. I get something, I go home, I'm pretty sure I remember that I learned. I, I know I was here. I know I was here, right? Because I drank coffee. So that, that's, the, that, that's the raya, that I was definitely present. I saw my chaverim, I know I was present. But the truth is, I don't necessarily know what I learned that day. The power of just having a notebook, the power of taking notes, is even if it's one piece, two pieces, a halocha, a hashkafa, a machlokes, a concept, you have something. So I apologize, I meant to have the notebooks ready for today. But even though they're not ready, but it, just make, make sure that every single day you're recording something. Or if you have an excellent memory, that's great. Then record it, record it in your memory banks. But Lamaisa, take something with you each and every day. I will say. So with that, let us begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Adar Aleph, Mrs. Selma Wolf, for dedicating all the Sherman Trushos this month. With immense gratitude for the refuos from Hashem, in the merit of our refuos for all of those in need, in the schus of our brave soldiers, and in the merit Hashem, in the schus of the return of our hostages. The Schwartzbaum family, in memory of Rabbi Aaron Schwartzbaum, Aaron Yosef Ben Meir, Zechron Levracha, and the Ziv Levine and Berman families, in memory of Bill Ziv, Zev Shmuel Ben Yisrael, Zechron Levracha. The Week of Learning sponsors, Steve Galaskov, who's joining us on Zoom, Hashem, in honor of the bris of his grandson, Nochum. David Ben Elio Baruch Halevi. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, all of the Neshama Slavin Aliyah, the families in Nechama, 
This little boy, Emir Hashem, should grow up to be an incredible mentor, an exceptional mentor, a source of nachas and halavai. Our soldiers should be successful, b'chol ma'asei adayim, and the Baruch should bring back every one of, every, every last one of the hostages, Emir Hashem, b'sha'atova u'metzlachos. We'll say with that, let us, let us begin. I can't, first of all, I can't believe no one sponsored the first daf of Bava Metzia. Okay, Shkoyach. Anyone else? Chavra, come on. Chaparayin over here. First daf, first daf of Mesechah's Bava Metzia, sponsored by Menachem and Susie Schoenfeld. In the schos of continued Talmud Torah, Hatzlacha, Brocha, Simcha, and Shafa for their family, Admeh Ve'esim Shadim Tovos. Now, who wouldn't have sponsored? Uh, okay, but whatever. You snooze, you lose. I don't say so. Let's let's go. Vaita, a lot to do today. Baruch Hashem. Let us let us begin. Shnayim Ochzin Betalis. It was incredible. Welcome to Maseches Bav For many of us, for many of us, this brings back incredible memories of our childhood of learning yeshiva. For many of us, this brings back traumatic memories of our childhood, but. It's a trigger, regardless. So, so, so let, with that, but here's here's the good news. What, whatever, whatever your whatever your memories of Shaifus. For many of us, this was the first Gemara that we ever learned. Many first Gemara we ever learned. Also, but again, in Yeretz Hashem, now we learn in our adult lives, and it takes on a totally different meaning. So, also, so we begin with a very simple case. Shnayim Oks and Metalis. Two people are holding on to a cloak. So, also, even before we go on, can okay, get our whole foot into the waters of Bam without already seeing something incredibly amazing. So there are two people, call them Reuven and Shimon, are both holding onto a cloak, a talus. And what happens? Reuven says, I found it. Shimon says, I found it. Reuven says, Reuven says, it all belongs to me. And Shimon says, it all belongs to me. So Rashi points out over here, Rashi points out over here, and I got I got uh, Zevi's little uh, that we don't do Rashi. I, you know, I, I, I picked up on that. Right, so, 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 yeah, whatever. Right, so, 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 so let's take a look. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi, Zevi, the first Rashi, the first Rashi on the Dav. Shnayim Ochzin Batalis. Rashi says, Davka Ochzin, Davka Ochzin, Tishteyem Muchzokin Ba, Vein Lazak Koach Ba Yoser Yoser Mizat. So we'll say, so remember again, we're talking about a case, the Pashtus, we're going to see, although the Gemara is going to try to understand what exactly the case is over here that we're referencing, but the Pashtus, we're talking about a case of two people who find a, an object, right? They find the cloak lying on the ground, and therefore, again, each of them are holding on to it. Now, we'll say, so just the imagery over here is very important. Literally, Reuven and Shimon are both holding on to this cloak. Now, because they're both holding it, remember the concept like that possession is nine-tenths of the law. So remember, again, we subscribe to that same concept as well. That's why we have the concept of what? Of hamotzi mechavera alavaraya, right? That again, whoever has the item is considered to be the muhsak, is considered to be the person who is in possession. And if you want to extract that item from someone who is holding it, that burden of proof is upon you, the extractor. So therefore, again, Rashi points out over here, it's tafka ochsin. Ochsin Bose is not like a metaphor, right? Ochsin is not like, Ochsin literally means that Reuven and Shimon are both holding on to this cloak. So go on, let's finish in Rashi. Therefore, again, neither one of the parties, neither Reuven nor Shimon, has any greater claim to this cloak. So we'll say, so remember again, 
Obviously, if Reuven was holding it and saying it's mine, and Shimon says, no, 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 it's mine, but Shimon's not holding it, but say, obviously, Reuven has the upper hand. What the Mishnah is trying to create over here is Davka's situation of complete, what we'll call complete legal equality. Both Reuven and Shimon have the same exact claim to this object. Rashi says over here, okay, fine. So I'll say, so that's the case. This is the opening case of Bab Matsya. Shnaimoks Matalas Ruben and Shabbat holding onto a cloak. Zeomer Animitsasya Vikula Shali. I'm just bringing everything together, though we'll break it up. Ruben says, I found it, it's all mine. Shimon says, I found it, and it's all mine. So I'll tell you something truly beautiful. The Basham Dalakadish brings down. Again, Sashkafa right right literally in the opening line of this Masakta. He'll say the Vashantav says that you see from here in life, whenever you want something there is always an opposing force. That's the way that it works. It's always an opposing force. You find something in life that you want. You find, so to speak, your metaphorical talus. That thing that you want to make your own in life, right? I found it. And it's mine. So I will say, what's always going to happen in life when, you, when, that, when that occurs? Anything. Anything that you want in life, anything you want to acquire, you have to be prepared to fight for it. You see, so many things in life we want, and we assume that just because we want it, they're just going to fall into place. But the truth is, the greater the talus, the holier the talus, the more special the talus, the greater the opposing force for it. And in life, if you want something, you have to be ready to fight you have to be ready to put in the effort. You have to be ready to say, I'm going to make it mine. If you want it, if you want it, if you want to assert ownership over it, if you want it to be yours, you have to be ready to fight. You have to be ready to be most nefesh. And incredibly, amazingly, this concept, look at the confluence of events. This Yisod is found in the opening pasuk of this week's parasha as well. There's an incredible, incredible idea by the great Tzadik Rabbi Aaron of Karlin. So the Pasuk says, Kisisa es rosh b'nei Yisrael of kudehem, v'nasnu ish kofer nafsho. So the Pasuk says, opening parasha is Kisisa. The Pasuk says, also all at the same time, opening above Metziah. Pasuk says, when you want to go ahead and you want to count, literally count the head of Klaal Yisrael of kudehem for their numbers, each person, v'nasnu ish kofer nafsho. Each person will give an atonement for their soul. Now, of course, the reference over here is to what? It's to what? It's the machzis ha-shekel, to the half-shekel. I, why is half-shekel called kofer nafsho? Why is it called an atonement for your soul? So Rashi already points this out, because one of the things that the machzis ha-shekel was used for was karbanos sibor, communal offerings, and communal offerings affect a sense of atonement. But listen to what the Tzadik Rabbin Karlin says. This is incredible. He says, liskof es hashlemo, es rosh, I will say, if a person, literal translation, a person wants to stand at their full posture, a person wants to fix all of his sins, a person wants to, in our terms, we'll call it fully self-actualize. So what do you do? What do you do? He says, and he says, so if you want to lift up the head, if a person wants to self-actualize in life, I will say, no, isn't that why we come here deep down? Isn't it why we come here every single morning? Because I want to figure out how to become the best version of me. It's not really to learn Gemara. You can learn Gemara anywhere or anytime. Why do we come here in the morning? We come here in the morning because we want to figure out how do I become the best version of me? 
So Kisisas Rosh B'nei Yisrael, how do I lift my head? How do I self-actualize? How do I become the best version of me? So this is what the Rebbe says, it's incredible. The Nasnu Ish Kofer Nafshol Hashem. What does that mean? The Nasnu Ish Kofer Nafshol Hashem. Mesiras Nefesh Lemitzus or Lemaisen Tovim. Masini Mesiras Nefesh. You have to be willing to push yourself. You have to be willing to give stuff up. You have to be willing to engage in self-sacrifice. That's the nasnu ish kofer nafsho. Or in other words, otherwise stated, It's mine. It's mine. If my neshama is mine, if the talus is mine, then I'm going to work for it. Then I'm going to labor for it. Then I'm going to sacrifice for it. I, but someone else. Also, you know, when it comes to your neshama, it's a constant tug of war. The Ribbono Shal Olam says, Ani shali. And the Satan, the Yitzhahara, the Malach says, Ani shali. There's a constant tug of war. So who's going to win? Who's going to win? Who's going to grab hold of the talus? And we'll say, it all depends on how much effort you're willing to put in. You want the Kisisa as Rosh B'nai Yisrael? You want to self-actualize? The more you're willing to sacrifice, the more you're willing to do, the more effort you're willing to put in, that will determine ultimately who wins your personalistic tug of war. We'll say, all right, good Shabbos. <laughs> Feels like we could end over there. Feels like, all right. Okay, we'll say, let's go. So what do we do? What's the halacha in this case? Incredible opening. We'll say, no, incredible opening to Bob Metzia. Okay, so what's the halacha? So we'll say, what do you do? Now we'll say, again, what's unique about this case, what's tremendously unique about this case, is there's no indicator who is right. Right, because remember, at the end of the day, both of them are making equal claims. Right, no, neither Ruvain nor Shimon has a greater claim. So what's that law, huh? So the Gemara says, "Zei shava she'in lo she'in lo ba pachos mechazia, v'zei shava she'in bo ba she'in lo ba pachos mechazia." V'yachloku. So we'll say, what's that law, huh? swears that he owns no less than fifty percent. Shimon swears that he owns no less than fifty percent, and they split the cloak. They split the cloak. Shabbos says, so this is really interesting. So what's, what's the pshat over here? Shabbos says, so first of all, I have to understand what's, what's the shvua? What's the shvua? But anyway, Shabbos says, you'll think to yourself, one second, shouldn't Reuben swear that he owns the whole thing? And Shimon swear that he owns the whole thing? So the Mishnah is explaining to us, you can't structure a shvua like that. Why not? Why not? Because it will say, if both of them take a shvua like that, one thing is clear, which is, someone's lying. And in halacha, we can't institutionalize a shvua, a mutual shvua, where one of the parties we know for sure is lying, because that means we're setting up a shvua sheker, a false oath. So therefore, again, I will say what we do is, because we're going to see, there is a possibility that really each of them own 50%. We'll talk about how that could be. There is a possibility. So therefore, again, Ruvain, you swear you own no less than 50%. Shimon, you swear you own no less than 50%. Both of those claims could be true. Both of those shvuos could be true. And therefore, once each of them take a shvua, yachloku, we split the cloak. Incredible. All right, I'll say that's case number one. Next. Ze'omer kula shali ve'ze'omer chasya shali. So this is an interesting case. Case two. Ruvain says, the whole cloak belongs to me. Shimon says, half of the cloak belongs to me. Okay. Interesting case. Case. Rabbi says, what's that? So now, here's what's interesting. In this case over here, remember, they both agree on one thing. What do they both agree on? What do they both agree on? That Ruvain owns 50%. Meaning why? Ruvain's claiming I own the whole cloak. Shimon's claiming I only own half of the cloak. 
So that tells you again that halacha lemaisa, Shimon is being modest, Shimon is admitting to 50% of Ruben's ownership. So therefore, we'll say if you think about it, if you think about it, therefore, really only 50% of this cloak is contested. So we'll say, so now what do we do? We, remember again, the halacha always works like this. The model over here that the Mishnah is espousing is, you take the contested amount, everyone swears that they own half of the contested amount, and we move forward. So watch this. So Zemer Kula Shali, Vizemer Chesi Ruben says, the whole cloak belongs to me. And Shimon says, half of the cloak belongs to me. So before we go on, take a look at Rashi. So Shimon is admitting that 50% of the cloak belongs to Ruvain. And therefore, we'll say we're only adjudicating. Remember, again, Basin only gets involved in the contested amount. So the contested amount over here is the remaining 50%. So what's that? I'll go back to the Mishnah. We'll finish up Rashi. So Gemara says, "Yishava she'en lo ba pachos mishlosha chalokim v'ha'omer chetzia sheli yishava she'en lo ba pachos miravia." So ultimately, again, Ruvain will claim that he owns no less than three quarters of this. Shimon will claim that he owns no less than than a quarter of this. And I will say they both swear to that. Zen no tel shlosha chalokim v'zen no tel ravia. Ruvain will take three quarters. And Shivan will take one quarter, which I will say essentially means is they're both swearing about that, that contested half, and they're each taking half of that contested half. So therefore, again, Reuben will walk away with three quarters, Shimon will walk away with one quarter. Go back to that Rashi, Therefore, the Gemara says, So we'll say, again, this second case is the same thing as the first case, just different proportions. Good. Next. Case number three. Case number three. Two people are riding on an animal together. So Reuven and Shimon are both riding on a horse. So what happens? Or Reuven's riding on the animal and Shimon is leading it. And same case. So we'll say, so this case seems to be the same thing as the first case. Reuven claims the whole animal is mine. Shimon claims the whole animal is mine. I both say, now again, why do I need a case number three that's the same thing as case number one? So Rashi's mechav into this, and Rashi says, So we'll say, what this halacha is introducing, or this case is introducing to us is not a, is not a new halacha vis-a-vis splitting contested materials or items. What it's introducing to us, we'll say, is a, a new interesting fact, a new interesting fact about how you can acquire an animal from hefker. So if you come across a hefker animal, there are two ways to acquire it. Number one, ride it, right? Number two, lead it. Lead it. So therefore, again, in this case over here, where Reuven is sitting on the animal, right, and Shimon is leading on the animal, you might have thought, one second, obviously Reuven has a stronger claim. He's riding the animal. No, both riding it and leading it ultimately, again, have the same halachic entitlement. So, Zamar Kulashali, Vizamar Kulashali. So we'll say, so what's halacha? Both Reuven and claiming, Shimon are claiming that both of them are entitled to the entire animal. So the Gemara says, Both Reuven and Shimon swear. Both Reuven and Shimon swear that they own no less than 50%. And what's halacha? They split the animal. Bizman Shein Modim. So both say, when, sorry, when both Reuven and Shimon agree, Rashi says over here, Rashi says over here, So we'll say, so this is actually interesting. So we're going to see that what this means is as follows. When Reuven and Shimon both agree, both agree 
that let's say they both lifted the found object at the same time. So we'll say, so in this case over here, remember what's happening, but we're going to see what's happening beforehand is the easiest way to understand this Mishnah is that we're talking about an object that was lost or a Hefka object. And what happened, what's happening over here is Ruvain's claiming, I found it first. Shimon's saying, I found it first. The Mishnah ends off with a case of what happens if Ruvain and Shimon say, we both stumbled upon this Hefka object at the same time and we mamish lifted it up with complete simultaneity. We lift it up at the same time, then or there's Eidos that they acquired it at the same time. What's the halacha? Cholkin below Shavua. And we'll say, obviously in that case, they split it, they split it, and no need for a Shavua. Remember again, the Shavua, the, sh- the mechanism of a Shavua is only necessary when, only necessary when we have a Machlokes about who's the owner of it. But if again, either they both agree, or halacha l'maysi, there's Eidos, that they both literally acquired it at the same time, then yachloka below Shavua. So we'll say, so essentially, four cases in the Mishnah. Case, case number one, case number one, they find an object from Hefker. Both Ruvain, are, both Ruvain and Shimon are claiming we both own the whole thing. Notice that didn't come out right. Ruvain saying, I own the whole thing. Shimon saying, I own the whole thing. That's what? Neither of us own less than 50%. And Yachloku. Case number two, Ruvain says, I own the whole thing. Shimon says, I own half of it. Again, I both say, so what's the Machlokis amount? Machlokis is on. 50%. Remember, again, we always split the contested amount. So Ruvain claims, I own no less than three quarters. Shimon says, I own no less than one quarter. And again, they take the Shavua and they split it up in those proportions. Case number three, which is the same thing as case number one, just with an animal. And the Chiddush over there is you could acquire an animal from Hefker either by riding it or by leading it. Same, same Allah, take a Shavua, split it 50-50. And case number four is a case of Modim. What happens if there's no Machlokas, right? Everyone is agreeing, right? Ruben, so we picked it up at the same time. Or there's Edus, Yachloku, and no Shavua. Incredible. Bosai. Mazel tov on completing our first Mishnah, Meseches Bav Metziah. Incredible. Incredible. Let's go back there. Says the Gemara. Lamali the Mishnah, Zeh Omer Ani Metziah, Vizeh Omer Ani Metziah, Zeh Omer Kula Shali, Vizeh Omer Kula Shali, Listi Chada. So I'll say the first thing the Gemara begins with is what appears to be a redundancy. Right? In other words, we'll say, how does the Mishnah read? So, right, the Mishnah reads, two people are holding on to a talus. Shnayim, ochsim, a talus. Zeh omer animitzasiyah, vizeh omer animitzasiyah. Zeh omer kulashali, vizeh omer kulashali. So, we'll say, so in reality, we're going to see exactly two questions. Two questions. Number one is, why do you need both phrases, right? Animitzasiyah and kulashali. Just, we'll say, we, we understand what the claim is over here, right? When, when a person, right, when Ruben comes along and Ruben says, I found it. Well, so what does I found it mean? What does I found it mean? I found it and it's mine. It's, it's understood. So the first question the is asking over here is, why are both phrases necessary? Well, so we're, we're going to see just coming attractions. We're going to see that even if you could demonstrate why both phrases are necessary, why are they broken up? Right? In other words, the Mishnah should read, Ze Omer, Ani Mitzah Vakula Shali. Ze Omer, but instead it doesn't say, it says, But again, we're not up to that second question yet. The first question is, why the need for both phrases? So just say one of them. And I will say, whichever one you want to say, that's fine, but why the need for both? So I will say, this is incredible. To which the Gemara says, first of all, I'm sorry, 
I said that wrong. The first question is, the first question is, ultimately, why do we go ahead and break up the phrases, right? Why Omer, Ze Omer, Ruven said, I found it. Shimon said, I found it. Ruven said, it's all mine. Shimon said, it's all mine. Tush, the Gemara says, you're right. Chad katani. In reality, it's one comprehensive claim. Ze Omer, Ze Omer, You're right. Just for whatever reason, stylistically, the Mishnah went ahead and broke this up. But at the end of the day, it is one comprehensive claim. Ruven's claiming, I found it and it's all mine. Shimon's claiming, I found it and it's all mine. So even though the Mishnah breaks up the phrases, in reality, it's one phrase. Okay, the Gemara says, I don't understand. So again, we'll say, so now... I flipped the questions. I apologize. Well, say so now the Gemara says, I don't understand. You don't need both phrases. Just say ani mitzasiyah. Like, like Mishnah say, Ruvain came along and he said, I found the cloak, and I understand that when he says I found it, what he's claiming is it's mine. So I'll say this is actually fascinating. Itan ani mitzasiyah. The Gemara says, had had we written, I found it. Hava mina my mitzasiyah. What does he mean? I found it. Reisiha afagav delo asi liadei. So I'll say, this is fascinating. You might have thought that the phrase, I found it. What does I found it mean? I found it means I saw it first. I saw it first. And maybe Ruvain's claiming that by seeing it first, somehow that makes him the owner. As if Re'iyah, as if seeing it, has some type of acquisitory power. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Rashi says, uh, uh, no, not yet. Re'isia, Rashi says, Kodim shikbata osa. So Ruben's claims, I will say again, this is interesting. The Halamina is, had the Mishnah just said that, right, Ruben said, Ani mitzasiya, I found it, I found it means I saw it before you, and somehow seeing it gives me the power of acquisition. So therefore the Gemara says, Tana kula shali lo kani. So therefore I will say, here's what's interesting. So apparently, Animitsasiya, I found it by itself. In other words, the phrase I found it would have would have would have erroneously led you to think that seeing it first gives you possession of it. Therefore the Mishnah adds in the additional phrase, Vikula Shali, and it's all mine. All mine means what? I'm acquiring this object. I'm acquiring it. Okay, therefore it teaches us the Seeing something of outside does not allow you to acquire it. The Gemara says, matis amrit. So is that really right? In other words, you would have thought is, is that is that a true habit? You know that you would have thought that the phrase ani I found it means that I saw it first. The Gemara says, "Hamar Rabbi says umitzasa da asoy liadei mashma." Shabbos, I said the pasuk. The Gemara is quoting the pasuk about v'chein sasa lechamor v'chein sasa lesmosa v'chein sasa lechol avedas achicha asher tovad bimenu umitzasa lo suchali salim. So we'll say the pasuk over is actually talking about hashavas aveda. If you find a lost object that belongs to your friend, the halacha is you can't turn away from it. Pretend like you don't see it. You have to return it to him. You have to return it to him. So we'll say so. The pasuk by hashavas aveda says umitzasa. You find it. What does mitzasa mean? The asiliyadei mashma. So we'll say in the pasuk of hashavas aveda, the pashtas we understand. What are we talking about over here? Talking about that a person actually finds something and takes something into their physical possession. The Torah is saying you have a mitzvah to return it to the owner. What do you see from here? You see from here the lashon of umitzasa. Finding something means what? Taking it into your possession. 
Therefore, coming full circle, even had the Mishnah just said, Ani mitzasiha, right? I found it. The Gemara is saying, no, no, you can't just say that phrase because that phrase would have meant, I saw it first. No, it doesn't. Mitzasiya means that you, you might have seen it first, but mitzasiya means you took it into your physical possession, to which the Gemara says, you're right, in, you're right. In the pasuk, means that ultimately it came into your physical possession. tana lishna So we'll say, but again, we'll say, we see this often that there's a difference in the way that words are used in the Torah and how they're used ultimately in Chazal in the Mishnah. And therefore, again, within the Mishnah, within the Mishnah. Ultimately, Mitzasah could have had a lashon of just Re'iyah. So the Gemara says, And therefore, again, because Chazal wanted to avoid that erroneous conclusion that seeing it gives you possession of it, they added in the phrase of the Kula Shali. The whole thing belongs to me. And again, I'll say, so because, because the way people use lashon, so essentially the Gemara is answering like this. On a da'araisa level, you're right. The word omitsasa absolutely means to take physical possession. But that's not the way colloquially that word is used. Very often a person says, I found it. What do they mean when they say, I found it? What do they mean when they say, I found it? Right? I saw it. I saw it. And therefore, again, in the context of the Mishnah, had you had, you would have thought that it's enough to see it first, that that gives you ownership. Therefore, to dispel that, tane kulashali, so both say, so therefore again, the Mishnah has to go ahead and add in a second phrase of the Kula Shali to teach you that what? Seeing it is not enough, but ultimately again, only taking possession of it entitles you to some claim of ownership. Fine. So both say, so therefore we have resolved. So therefore our first question, right? Our first question is why the need for both phrases? Why does it have to say, to which again, the simple answer is, by itself would have indicated or would have erroneously led you to think that seeing it gives you possession over it. Because that's Lashna Mitzasa, at least colloquially, even though biblically, Mitzasiya also means physical possession. In order to dispel that mistaken notion, we add in this phrase of the Kula Shali, it's all mine, to indicate that each party has actually taken physical possession of the item. Okay, beautiful. So the Gemara says, "Eat on a kula shali." So we'll say. So now, here's what's interesting. So of course, that leads us to the next question, which is, which is that what the listni kula shali velo ba'anim itzasiya. <laughs> so okay. So we'll say. So now you're telling me, anim itzasiya by itself would have led me to the erroneous conclusion that seeing it first maybe entitles me to ownership. Therefore, I need the phrase, the kula shali, it's all mine, to teach me that what? That you have to take physical possession. So the Gemara says, okay, I have a better idea. What's my better idea? Leave out animitz asiha and just say, kula shali. That's all. Let this be a case. Ruben and Shimon are holding on to a talus. Ruben says, kula shali. Shimon says, kula shali. So let's leave out animitz asiha altogether and just say the phrase that, right, Ruben says it's all mine, Shimon says it's all mine. Tzvich Gimara says, no, 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 itana kula shali, havamina ba'alma diktani mitzasiha, bere'iya ba'alma kani. So we'll say, this is fascinating. We'll say, so the is afraid like this. We're nervous that if we would have just said kula shali, you still would have walked away with the mistaken notion that the word mitzasiha only means re'iya, seeing it, and again, technically speaking, you could acquire something with Re'iyah. That's what you would have thought. That's what I would have thought. 
Therefore, again, Tana, Ani Mitzasiya, Vahadra Tana Kula Shali, Dimi Mishnah Yisera Ashmo Irin Dereiya Lokani. So I'll say, essentially, it's fascinating, right? So how did you just said Kula Shali over here? How did you said Kula Shali in this case? Which, by the way, I just want to point out, it would have worked for our Mishnah. It really would have worked, right? In other words, you could have conveyed the point of the Mishnah over here of Shnein Shali onto a cloak, and what happens? Rubain says Kula Shali, Shimon says Kula Shali. Right? It's all mine. It's all mine. You could have absolutely made the point of the Mishnah. But what 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 what, what would we have been nervous about? That elsewhere in Shas, if you would have seen the phrase Ani Mitzasiha, we would have interpreted that to mean that what Ani Mitzasiha. Mitzasiha means what? I saw it. And that you could acquire something by seeing it. So the both say the Mishnah goes out of its way to add in this additional phrase to dispel that mistaken notion. So there's a lot happening in this phrase. So therefore, when the Mishnah phrases it as Animitzasiha Vikula Shali, what the Mishnah is saying is like this Animitzasiha could really mean, could really mean that I saw it first. I saw it first. But seeing it is not enough to create ownership. Ultimately, again, you need Kula Shali as well. And I'm going to say, now that I know that, now that I know that if I ever see Mitzasiya elsewhere in Shas, know that that can't mean seeing it first. Because again, you can never acquire anything ultimately by seeing it first. Incredible, I will say. So again, a lot of ink spilled. So in general, this is always a fascinating episode that a lot of ink spilled to tell me ultimately what the Mishnah means, right? The halacha that is, that is being taught to us about what the halacha is and what the halacha is not. So what the halacha is, what the halacha is, is that you can only acquire something through actually taking physical possession of it. What the halacha is not, is mitzvah say you can't acquire something simply through seeing it. Incredible. But I say, take a look. Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. So we'll say elsewhere in Shas, when we use Lashna Metsia, you might have thought that you could acquire a lost, a found object simply through seeing it. So the Gemara says, So the fact that our Mishnah goes out of its way to say, Vikula Shali indicates to us that seeing something never entitles you to ownership, only taking physical possession. Incredible. So we'll say, so now the Gemara says, Umi Matsis Amrit, Chadakatani. So the Gemara says, so we'll say, so now here's what's interesting. So now what we have over here is the Mishnah explaining to me why Halacha Lamaisa, I need both Animitzasiya and Vikula Shali. So the Gemara's suggestion of say is that. The way the Mishnah is structured, because remember again, let's go back. How does the Mishnah read? Ze Omer ani mitzasiyah, ve ze Omer ani mitzasiyah. Ze Omer kula shali, ve ze Omer kula shali. Now, the Gemara, the Gemara is presupposing that it's one comprehensive case, even though it is phrased in a broken up fashion. So the Gemara now challenges that assertion. The Gemara says, I don't understand. The Gemara says, Umi matzi amris. Do you really think that you could read this Mishnah as one case? So we'll say, it really feels like the Mishnah has two cases. That's really what it feels like. It feels like, case. what's case number one? Case number one is... 
Because remember, if it was really one case, like we said this before, it was really one case, how should you phrase it? Put it all together. Now, it's interesting because even though it's not written that way, in the first part of the Gemara, that's how the Gemara seems to be reading it. Now the Gemara is backing up and says, one second, maybe you can't read it that way because that's not how it's written. So what's going on over here? So we'll say this is fascinating. That's the name of a person. Wow. Okay, now we just took a dramatically, a dramatically amazing twist. The Gemara says, you're right, you're right. Two different cases. Two different cases, I would say. What are the two? The, the first case, the, the ratio is to, right. So, in other words, the case of So, I would say, so that is a case ultimately again of, of a lost object. Reuben and Shimon are both finding a lost object at the same time, what we call a Metsiah. They're finding something and they're both claiming it. The Seifa, second case, the Mishnah, right? It's talking about a case of Mecca Menkar. And I was take a quick look at Rashi. Mecca Humemkar, Kinisimi Atloni, the Dafka Mecca Humemkar, who Darmini Yachloku, Beshua, Tika Lebema Shnem Kanua, Ulushnem Nisrat Samokar. So let's listen to this. So I understand the case of, of Mitzia, right? Ruben and Shimon are walking down the street. They both see a cloak at the same time. They run over to it and they both grab hold of it. Ruben says, I found it first. Shimon says, I found it first. What's the case of Mecca Chumemkar? Shabbos said, it's fascinating. The case of Mecca Chumemkar is Ruben and Shimon both walk over to a vendor at the same time. And what do they do? They both put their money down at the same time. The vendor gladly accepts the money from both of them, as we'll talk about in a little bit. And they both pick up the object at the same time. So Ruben says, Kula Shali, I bought it. Shimon says, Kula Shali, I bought it. Look at Rashi. Finish Rashi. So the Gemara says, "Dafka in the case of Mecca Chumemkar, Darmini Yachlogu B'Shvua Tika Lemer Shtem Kanua Ula Shtem Nisrat Samochar." So we'll say there is the possibility of simultaneity in the case of a purchase. Literally, again, we'll say both of them go ahead and put down their money for the object at the same exact time. Ula Shtem Nisrat Samochar Val Zelmer Aniyarak Tialke. So we'll leave out the rest of Rashi. So we'll say again. So Rav Papa's coming along. Rav Papa's coming along. And, and saying that halacha lemay, so two different cases, reisha case mesiyah, sefer case mecha chumemkar. All right, so I'll say utzricha. Now I need both cases. Why do I need both cases? Ahmed Beis, I'll say, Yanki Stamin, Ahmed Beis, Ahmed Beis, just want to point out, Zavi only was repeating that trope that was perpetuated by you. I'll say, so yeah, here we go, Ahmed Beis, Ahmed Beis. I've earned the reputation. That's right, I'll say, Ahmed Beis, Ahmed Beis, Beis, Ahmed Beis. So I'll say, why do I need two cases? So I'll say, so now, in this version over here, in this version over here, so remember again, we'll say, so just keep, by the way, we'll say, is this not beautiful Gemara? Is this not beautiful Gemara that you can actually hold cup in every single stage of it? So we'll say, so now remember again, we're transitioning. In stage one of the Gemara, stage one of the Gemara, we're talking about one comprehensive case. Zemar Kula Shali is one case of finding a lost object, and they're both claiming that, or, or a, a Hefkara object, we're both caught at the same time. Now, Bosai, new version. In this version of Rav Papa, first case of Animitsasia is literally talking about Ruben and Shimon finding, we'll call it a Hefkara object or a lost object at the same time. The case of Zemar Kula Shali is a case of a sale. Both of them claiming they bought the same object at the same exact time. So the Gemara says, we need both cases. Why? Watch this. 
had we just brought up a case ultimately of Metsia, of, of Ruven and Shimon finding an object at the same time, I would have said, it's only in the case of a lost object, where the rabbis imposed a Shvua. Why? Let's take a step back for just a moment. What is the point of a Shvua? Right? Let's, let's just place it in the Mishnah, right? So let's, let's go through our Papa's idea over here. Right? Reuven and Shimon are both, they're holding a cloak, Shimon's and Metallus, that they found, that they found, right? Reuven's claiming it's all mine. Shimon's claiming it's all mine. So Chazal said, okay, you both of you swear that you own no less than 50% and split it. What's the point of the Shvua? What's the point of the Shvua? We'll say, the point of the Shvua, Shvua is a powerful mechanism that gets people to admit that they're lying. Because we'll say, people don't want to take a Shvua. In other words, I'll, I'll lie, I'll lie in general. I'll both say, life, people will lie if what? If what? If, if they can get what they want and get away with it relatively easily. Like, in other words, if, right, if, if there's, if kind of like, we're, we're all into like low impact, low impact sin. Right? Low impact sin is good because once you get in, you get out. Like, you know, and, and again, no one, no, no, no one gets hurt. No one gets hurt. So therefore, if Reuven and Shimon could claim, listen, Reuven could claim, let's, we'll say, let's say for argument's sake, Shimon was really the one who got it first. Reuven says, listen, let me hop around over here. Right? It's not like Shimon lost anything. We both found it at the same time. I'll claim, he'll get 50%, I'll give 50%. And again, it's a victimless crime because anyway, it's a found object. So the Shvua is there. The Shvua is there to prevent someone from lying, from lying. So I will say, so here's what's interesting. So when does Shavua work? Shavua works like in a regular normative case. So here, we could assume that Shavua will help, let's say again in this case, where Ruvain, I'm sorry, let me flip it. Ruvain found it first. Then Shimon says, you know what? Let me grab a right over here. Grab a hold of this talus. Say that I found it as well, and we'll split it. We'll just split it. I am depriving Ruvain of 50%. I'm not really depriving him of anything. Why? Because he just found this. This is found money. Found money. It's not like he were. I'm not going into his wallet. I'm not going into his bank account. I'm not stealing something from his house. It's found. It's okay. He still walks away 50% richer than he was 10 minutes ago. And I get 50% also. So in that case, Abosai, Chazal said, let's slap a shvu on that. So now, shvu comes along. Now, Abosai, Ru, you know, Ruben is more than happy to deprive Shimon of 50% and gain 50% for himself. He does not take an oath. The moment he has to swear to it, he's like, you know what? No, no, no thank you. So, both say, so that's where Shavua helps to see if someone is lying, because if they are lying, they'll walk away before taking a Shavua. So that's the Gemara says, Ditana Metziah, had the Gemara just mentioned the case of Metziah, it's the case of Metziah, where ultimately, again, the rabbis go ahead and impose the Shavua. Why? Because again, Reuven could justify lying because he would say, you know what? I'm not depriving Shimon of anything. Let me just grab onto the talis. I'll go ahead and get half. And we'll say, and no, no, right? There's no loss to anyone. That's where a Shavua could help to be Mavara. That's where a Shavua could clarify if someone's telling the truth or not. Look at Rashi. Demora va'amar. Mora had to liatzmo lachos babalo mishpat. Lav midi chaser. Eno mafsid klum bechina balo. Viaf balo torech. Fine. So that's where a Shavua could help. Ava mekach umemkar. Deleka lamei mahachi. Eimolo. So I will say, but in the case of mekach umemkar, so I will say, the Gemara says, in the case of mekach umemkar, it's really highly unlikely that both people own the object. Right? Hi- highly unlikely. 
Rashi says over here, Rashi says over here, that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're concerned that a guy who's going to lie in a transaction, Rabosa again, in a transaction, you are causing someone to lose. So in a transaction where you're causing someone to lose, we are concerned that if you're willing to lie about Mekah Humemkar, you're also willing to do what? You're willing to lie about Shavua. And if you're willing to lie about Shavua, then ultimately, again, the process of Shavua doesn't really help to bring out the truth. Vitana Mecca Chumemkar, and had it just quoted the case of Mecca Chumemkar, so the Gemara says, Hudurangu Rabbana Shvuale, Mishum Demori Vaamri Chavroi Dami Kayoiv, Vaana Dami Kayavina. The Gemara says, Hashta the Tzricha Ledidi, Ashka Laana, the Chavrei Lezo Litrach for Lesbin. Lesbin. So I'll say, so again, in the, how we just brought down the case of Mecca Chumemkar, the case of, of a transaction. So I'll say, so again, Ruben could have said this, listen, I'm paying money and Shimon's paying money. I need this object now. Let my friend go ahead and he'll purchase the object somewhere else. He can be more a heter. And therefore we'll say, because of Haras heter, the Shvu will come along and help bring out the truth. Avam but in Metziah, where you can't make this parallel claim, aim a low, perhaps ultimately the show will not help. Therefore, Tzvicha. Therefore, we'll say you need this. Therefore, we'll say, bottom line, bottom line is, again, let's come full circle. The case of Ze'omer Ani Ze'omer Ani that ultimately is talking about a case of a found object. Ze'omer Kula Shali. That's talking about an actual transaction where both of them are claiming they bought the same object. And I both say the beauty of Rav Papa is that reads better into the Mishnah, right? Because Halacha Lamaisa now, the Mishnah reads as two distinct cases and not as the same case. Okay, so we'll say, let's go with this. Here we go. So, Mecca Chumemkar, Velechse Zuzimiman, knock it. So, we'll say, I don't understand. In the case of a transaction, Ruben's claiming I bought the object. Shimon's claiming, I bought the object. So both say, it's very simple. Let's go over to the vendor and say to the vendor, who did you get money from? Who did you get, who, who paid you for the object? To which the Gemara Salotzricha did not get mitar vayu, mechad midaite, umechad balkarcha, falo yedana mihu midaite, umihu balkarche. So I will say, here's what happened. Both Reuven and Shimon gave money to the vendor. From one of them, the vendor accepted the money willfully, the other one kind of foisted his money upon the vendor. What's the problem? What's the problem? The vendor doesn't remember who is who. But, and obviously, I will say, obviously, Ruben's claiming, I'm the one from whom you accepted it willingly. Shim is claiming, I'm the one from whom you accepted it willingly. Okay, so I will say, so that is the case. That, so that is the Mishnah according to Rav Papa. So I will say, so here is our fundamental machlog is how to read the Mishnah. Is the Mishnah one comprehensive case? of Reuven and Shimon finding a lost object, or no, Rav Papa, it's two cases, Reuven and Shimon both found an object together, and they both bought an object, and both are claiming they're the owner of the object. Okay, so we'll say, our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Benanas. I, what does Benanas say? So I will say, here is the problem. Here is the problem. That our Mishnah, will say, our Mishnah cannot reflect the view of Benanis. Why? Because I will say, Benanis says, you can never have a case, you can never have a case where halacha lamaisa, someone's wearing, swearing falsely. In other words, we don't, halacha, according to Benanis, halacha doesn't structure a case where someone is automatically swearing falsely. So I will say, Sigmar's have me over here, is that in our Mishnah, someone is swearing falsely. In other words, Reuven and Shimon are not both the owners. So someone's swearing falsely. 
To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Afilu uh, Tam Benanas. Hasam Vada Ikash Rasha. So I will say, take a quick look at Rashi. Rashi says, the Loki Benanas. Rashi says over here, the Mesaka Shwas Kari Chenbini Alpin Kaso. So so we'll say the case that Bananas is doing is Bananas is like this. Imagine for a moment you have an employer, you have an employer who pays his employees, but the way he does it is he gives them store credit. So he says to the Khanbini, he says to the shopkeeper, my employees are gonna show up and let them buy whatever they need to buy in accordance with the amount of money. He gives a budget. He gives a budget. So what happens? We'll say in this case over here, so Rashi says, Tain Libni Chitin Bedinar Valila Shah. So we'll say in this case over here, the shopkeeper says, I paid your workers, but the employee says, I never received anything. So we'll say, so what's Talacha? So the Gemara says, Shnehem, so I'm sorry, Shnehem Tovin es Balabai, Shnehem Nishpan Venoklin Balabai. So we'll say, Talacha is in this case, the Chenveni swears that he paid the employee, and the employee swears that he did not take anything. And both of them are able to collect from the balabais. But I'll say, Benana says in that case, no way. That can't be the halacha. Why? Because that means someone's swearing falsely. But I'll say, both of those things can't be true. It can't be that the chenveni, that the shopkeeper didn't give out the goods and that the employee didn't receive the goods. That's not possible. It's not possible. In other words, I'll say, I'm sorry, just the opposite. Right? It can't be that the chenveni did pay the goods and the shah, right? And that the employee didn't take it. Somebody's lying. So Banana says you can't structure a case. You can't impose a shvua in a situation where it's going to result in someone lying. So obviously our Mishnah doesn't reflect the view of Bananas. Why? Because in our Mishnah someone's also going to be lying. Tushimara says, no, no, no. Here's the difference. The Gemara says, I feel the bananas. Hasam shav. The boss in the case of the chenveni, of the employer who goes ahead and tells the and tells the shopkeeper, you know, give five hundred dollars of goods to my to my employee. And now the chenveni claims he dispensed the goods, and the employee claims he got nothing. But say in that case, someone is absolutely lying. So the gemara says, I'm sorry, hacha in this case over the Mishnah, somebody doesn't have to be lying. Why not? Sigmara says, remember again, in this case, you can impose a shvua both on Ruben and Shimon. Why? say it is possible that one of them is not lying. Right? Someone's not I'm sorry, that neither of them are lying. Why? How are neither of them lying? say hi. How how? Because at the end of the day, they're both picking up the object at the same time. We said this before. I, I kind of gave this a little bit in the Mishnah. And I will say again, they could actually have both picked up the object at the same time and therefore both are making a legitimate claim. Therefore, even according to Benanus, you could go and impose a shvua on both of them because neither is lying. Okay. So it could be like Sumchus. I'm sorry. It could be like Benanus. Our Mishnah doesn't reflect the view of Sumchus. I, why not? What did Sumchus say? Sigmar says, Ha'amar, Mamon Hamotel Basafik Cholkin Beloshua. I will say, How beautiful is this? We did this in Baba Kama. Remember, we had, we'll say, we had this big Machlokus, we had Sumchus, we spent days on Sumchus. Mamon Hamotel Basafik Cholkin Beloshua. Whenever you have a Machlokus, ownership money, we'll say, What do you do? You split it, 
without a shvua. So we'll say so again. We'll say this was the case ultimately of the goring. Remember again. So Ruvain's Ruvain's ox gores Shimon's pregnant cow, and halacha so we find the fetus by the side of the cow. We don't know again. Did the did the did the cow birth the fetus before the goring or after the goring? So Sumcha says, You split it. You split it, but without a shvua. So obviously our Mishnah doesn't reflect the view of Sumchas. Why not? Because our Mishnah says you split it, but with what? With a shvua. To which the Gemara says, So rather it has to be again, our Mishnah must reflect the view of the Rabbanon. Ha'amri ha'motzi mechaveira alav haraya. But I will say, but the Rabbanon say, the Rabbanon say, that in general, the Allah is, if you want to go ahead and extract money from your fellow, so ultimately the burden of proof is upon the Raya, is upon, is upon the extractor. So the Gemara says, hi mai. So we'll say, what do we do with this in this case? Here we go. I amrit b'shtom Rabbanon hasam dalo tafsi tarvayhu. Amru Rabbanon hamotzi mechaber alav araya. Hacha de tarvayu tafsi palgila b'shvua. So remember again, so in general, the Rabbanon say, Right, if you want to explain, what's the beauty in this case? The beauty in this case over here is that both parties are holding on to the object. So because both parties are holding on to the object, therefore, we split it with a shvua. Works out beautifully. If you want to make our Mishnah like Sumchos, so we'll say in the case of the goring that I just mentioned very quickly, where neither party is, so to speak, muhsak, neither party is holding on, yet we split the contested money without Shavuah. So we'll say certainly in this case over here, where both parties are holding on to it, certainly we should split it, but we should be able to split it according to Sumchos, even without a Shavuah. To which the Gemara says, "Afilu tema sumchos, kemar sumchos, shema v'shema." But we'll say, when does sumchos say that if you have that if you have mamon amotol b'safek cholkin below shvua? When is that? We'll say, when ultimately again shema v'shema. Neither party has a definitive claim. Aval bari ubari lo amar. Rabosa, in the case of Bari Ubari, where both parties are making a definitive claim, maybe even Sumchus would say you split it, but you split it with Ishva. So we'll say, what we'll do is we'll stop what we refer to today. So we'll say, so bottom line, we accomplished a lot today, but just understand where we're ending off. We're ending off over here in this sugya, in this piece of whose idea, whose concept is reflected in the Mishnah itself. So we have three different streams of thought. It's clearly not going to be bananas, right? Or I should say, it could be bananas, because bananas says, again, we don't want a Shavuot Shav, but this could be a case where it's not a Shavuot Shav. I will say, and now we're just trying to figure out, is it Sumchos, is it Rabbanon? Sumchos says, So now we're just trying to figure out authorship. And Mir Hashanah will say, to be resolved tomorrow, what a tremendous zuchos to be able to begin this magnificent Masechta together. But we'll say, we began it together. But halabai, we should be zochem yeretz Hashem to be mesayim it together. But not here, we should be zochem yeretz Hashem to make this siyum and all of our further siyumim. And yeretz Hashem and a rebuild you shalim here, Rabbi Amenu, Amen. A good night of Shabbos and a shkoyach.